Does anyone have a uh, burning question you'd like to ask relevant to our topic today? Great, you're all ready to take the exam at 12 p.m. All right, thanks for being attentive. Just felt like there's some things we just need to unpack this morning. All right, let's just lift our hands and agree. Father, we agree. Just this rest of this time together. Thank you for the angel, Lord, that's here. Thank you for impartation. Transformation. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. So, something really interesting is Jesus said this, my food is to do the will of my Father. It's really interesting stuff. He likens doing the will of God to eating food. How do you know if you don't eat for an amount of time, you're, uh, you're, you're not going to be around on the earth real long. So he, he likens, he's like, my greatest delight is doing the will of the Father. But you have to also recognize that Jesus had a free will. Free will is probably one of the... You know what's actually more powerful than the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the earth? It's your choices. God has actually given humanity the ability to define their future. Because he gave you choice. He cannot override your choice. So he says, he likens doing, he's like, doing the will of God is like eating. I I, I cannot live beyond doing the will of God. But then he also says this, he says, uh, no one takes my life from me. I willingly give it up. So what's the mindset we're invited into when we're seated in heavenly places? The mindset is this. We live with the mindset that there are no other options except to do what God has asked us to do. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And so one of the keys, we're talking about foundations again, fellowship with God. Communion with God is often the place. Hey, thank you very much. Needed to be warmed up. Need a little. One of the things that I do in my communion with the Lord, and often I'll take communion with it, I'll sit with my journal at least once a week and I'll just say, Father, today I make a fresh commitment to love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind. I choose to make this the highest goal in my life. You know, years ago, I I, I made it a goal in my life to be a theologian of the beauty of the Lord. To always be fascinated with Him. Father, I choose to put Your Word first. My life is not my own. So prayer is the place, because you see it in the life of Jesus in Matthew 26. Prayer is a place of recommitting over and over again to do the will of the Father in your life. And God intended to relate to your holy given heart. That is, the, that is the platform God intended to relate to you from. And the reason this is important, so important is because 
without that at the core of your foundation. I, 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 I work with leaders. A lot of times you hear these problems and you hear crazy stuff and like this is going on and this is going on. And I'm always, at, I'm always trying to listen to the Lord and, and a, a good, probably at least 45% of the time, probably a low estimate, I'll go, God, what's going on here? He goes, the issue here is Matthew 6 is not a settled issue. It's Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God. Hundreds of thousands of dollars spent in the American church for consultants trying to tell us how to do what God would like to tell us to do. Yes. Told, told one staff person, I could have saved you a lot of money. Let's go three days. Here's a bottle of water. We're going to find out what God said. A lot easier. <laughs> so I encourage you, another part of your homework. Make that a regular part of your life. Sometimes I just pray, Lord, is there anything you'd like to change in my life? Oh, he'll say some stuff. Somewhere I missed it. But here's the reason this is so important. Let's go back to the way Jesus related to his disciples. He only related, even though they weren't perfect, he only related to disciples who were wholly given. They left everything to follow him, and then they got to walk with him. And in the context of walking with him, he modeled life for them. But here's something really interesting. This is very, very interesting to me. How many would agree that prayer and communion are essentials in your walk with God? But here's the thing. What you find in the Gospels is Jesus never sat and just gave them a lesson on prayer. He only gave them a lesson on prayer after they saw him do it and then they asked him. So I want to submit to you that there are certain things that God wants to give to you that will not come unless you're in that place of walking with him hungry and inquiring of him. Yes. Here it is. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased. Notice he doesn't go, there's a theme God is speaking here this weekend. You know, just stand up and you just feel things. He doesn't go, hey guys, let me teach you about prayer because it needs to be the foundation of your life. He doesn't submit it to him. The kingdom of God was never meant for the casual seeker. That's right. I don't understand how people can be around the things of God and be content with watching God do stuff and be content with just hearing nice words but never actually apply things in their life. I've seen God move powerfully in certain places. And I go to people, would you like to receive prayer? No, I'm good. Yeah, you are good. You real good. <laughs> Not because I'm something special, but when God is doing something in a room, he's engaging people, he's touching people, he's transforming people, he's elevating people. And people, what time are we leaving? He's gone kind of long today. 
They're content to watch God do stuff. When he ceased, then one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. A foundational thing is only understood unless they ask him. Here's some kingdom keys in the prayer life of Jesus, then we'll land this plane. Jesus lived with the constant awareness of the leading of the Father. His purpose came from the Father, and the Holy Spirit was the enabler of that purpose. Here's a key one I, I touched on a little bit last night. In submitting himself to the Father, Jesus understood the timing and the seasons. I think uh, uh, Rob mentioned it during worship. You realize that he lives 30 years and he doesn't start ministry in his adult life. He was a marketplace minister. He's a carpenter. God's got, God's funny like that. He's like, no, don't send them to Harvard. Let him be a carpenter. You imagine what Jesus's like tables look like? I want to see them one day. You definitely know there was no discount on that stuff. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> Jesus, can I get at least 30% off? And he just looks at you. <laughs> okay, all right, you're right, you're right, it's perfect. <laughs> but he doesn't start. What's the point of that? He understood times and seasons. Do you imagine if Jesus at 17 just goes, all right, I'm going for it. Right word, wrong season. Jesus is the Son of Man and the Son of God. He's born into an earthly family. You, you want to talk about who had some issues. Jesus, you know, Jesus had brothers and sisters. In fact, his brother doesn't get saved till after he, he, he raises from the dead. You imagine being that? I mean, that's Dr. Phil's couch the rest of your life. What's your problem? My brother's perfect. <laughs> and for some reason, my parents keep com- comparing me to him. <laughs> Is all new meaning. Can you be more like Jesus? <laughs> Here's what's also interesting. He participates in a religious system that his ministry will seek to dismantle. It says he regularly went to the synagogue. That takes out a lot of this charismatic stuff going, well, we just can't find any good church. I guess you're better than Jesus. It's true. He went to... You imagine, he's the son of God. He wrote the book and he's sitting there listening to people teach. That's humility. It's amazing to me. A lot of people want to change a church, but they're not really a part of it. Then he tells us, I don't do anything unless my father tells me. But here's the thing. His father led him into intentional and mandatory times of communion with God. So what's my encouragement to you? Find times of intentional, mandatory times of communion with God. You have to look at communion with God like eating. He would often slip into the wilderness to pray. He prayed all night on the mountain. He prayed early in the morning. He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed before the multiplication 
of, of five loaves and two fishes. Here's what happens. Do you, do you know what happens? I've learned, there, uh, Caroline Leaf does a great job with her book on, on, on the 21 days to, you know, changing habits and stuff. But you know what happens? You know what a habit is? A habit is that even though you have a free choice, that after you've practiced it so long, it's almost involuntary. Think about it. When you got up this morning, I didn't check my mirrors. I didn't look out the back window. I just pulled out my driveway, and I knew I was looking both ways. I knew I was being safe. Why? I have a free choice, but because I've established habits of how I drive. I'm a good driver, sort of. (laughs) These are habits I've now developed. Once you develop intentional times of communion with the Lord, you don't live without it. Just stop this stuff. I don't don't have time. Then you're too busy. Something is wrong in the foundation when you say you're too busy. I wouldn't ever put a requirement of what God's asked me to do. But some people are morning people. I am. Remember Korean pastor once told me, the morning belongs to the Lord. I said, yes, I agree. The night belongs to sleep, sometimes. <laughs> Fine, even if it's at your lunch hour. Open the Bible. On your way to work, pray in loud Pentecostal tongues. <laughs> Shut off the news. Just talk to the Lord. Sometimes I forget I'm talking in tongues and, and I'm in public places. Working out one day and I'll say, what did you say? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm normal. Would you like tongues too? It's true, we're normal. Don't ever say you're weird or different. Don't, don't ever feel embarrassed of the Holy Spirit. That's... American foolishness. You know, I have unsafe friends. They come to my meetings. They'll sit in a meeting this long. They never got offended at the Holy Spirit. It was always people who'd been around the things of God for years that are offended. I just don't think, I just don't think that's right. Nobody asked you. <laughs> Apparently, you're not God. Well, it's just really distracting, you know. Distracting who? You? Apparently, God likes it. I like when it gets real wild in meetings. Jesus discerned the will of the Father from the place of communion. He prayed all night and then he chooses. His private communion defines his public decisions. Now here's the best one right here. Jesus encountered the Father and the Holy Spirit from the place of prayer. Look at Luke 3. Oh, I'm doing good. It's only 11.45. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on a bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He encounters God. When you position yourself in a place of communion with God, you will encounter God. You will encounter, how do I know? My life is a result 
of encounter after 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 encounter. One of the keys, though, when you're communing with the Lord that I've learned is you have to uh, see your soul has no mind of its own. Your soul will only do what it's been programmed to do. So you have to reprogram it to, to, to allow the spirit to be the leader. That's one of the big things. I remember when I first started talking to the Lord, I thought I prayed about everything I could. At least 25 minutes had gone by and five minutes had gone by. I go, this is so boring. How do people do this? Because you've got to break through that whole boring thing. Because you're Why? Because I had deadened my spiritual senses to connecting with God. But I was determined. And I knew God would help me. And then I just simply began just worshiping the Lord. Most of my time with the Lord is simply worshiping the Lord. Just have this agreement. You got something to say? You let me know. But I'm just going to worship you. Then you get together a Bible study reading plan. Most people don't read as much as a word as they should. Or they think they do. So ask the Lord. What would you have me to read in this season? And then there's so many free resources out there, you can... It'll develop it for you. Every day you miss a day, no big deal. Go back and just get that day you missed. You read the Word. You say, Father, open the eyes of my understanding. Teach me your ways. Talk to the Lord. Then when you pray, just maybe lower the music and just listen. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts. It's only through encounter, though, that, or often it's through encounter that you receive the divine intersections that were yours before the foundation of the earth. 2013, let's pray. And again, It's a daily, intentional, worshiping the Lord. Walking with Him. Focusing on Him. And then He starts showing up. 2013, I was in Africa for the first time. In Tanzania, doing a leaders conference. I was talking, in that conference, I was uh, doing a conference with another American. He had 42 years in ministry. And he had spent some time with, with Bob Jones. And he was telling me these stories about Bob. And it just re-stirred this hunger inside of me. And um, even during, they were going shopping one day. Or so I don't shop much like that. Five hours or so. Who has time to do that anyway? But anyway, so I said, I'm just going to talk to the Lord. I just began seeking. I said, Lord, I, I need more. I want more. Came home, Lord, I just stirred up this hunger inside of me. You know, then you get, you get in, you know, start looking inward. You say, Lord, if I need anything, Lord, forgive me. Help me. I want more. July 13th, 2013, though. I'm in a bedroom in my parents' house, getting ready to minister. And uh, pray it again. Lord, I want more. I 
need one. You and I both know I need you. <laughs> it's good to know your need for God. That's why this whole I'm good thing is a little strange to me. I'm good? Oh, really? Wow, you're the, you're the only perfect person I know on earth. But God bless you. <laughs> it's quiet when you say that. It's true. Because it sounds spiritual, but it's real ignorant. We have a lot of things that sound spiritual that are really ignorant. I was like, I just, I just, just need a little, little more than enough just for my family. I said, you're selfish. I'm not talking about pursuing things. Why don't you believe God that you're real blessed and you can buy someone's house for them or something like that? Why don't you do that? There's no middle class in the Bible. Okay. See, it starts to get quiet. <laughs> just want a little cottage on the other side. There's no cottages in heaven. The only house he describes is a mansion. I mean, I'm telling you, they're going to have to go to Bible college, some people, when they get there. This ain't right, God. This ain't right. No, this is right. (laughs) All right, send them to deliverance. They didn't get it on earth. (laughs) It's true, they're going to have to get delivered to move into their mansion. They're going to feel, I'm not worthy. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> it's the only place you can live here. <laughs> There's kids starving and you got a house like this in heaven? Yes. I don't want them to starve. That's why I sent Jesus. See, we think so much like the world that it infects so much the church. See, the, I don't know what I'm saying. The enemy will just agree. He'll just agree. That, you know, started teaching people years ago, you know, you just, just let the devil beat you up and stay poor. And so the, 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 the world agreed. And then it made it, then, then we had that other really weird thing where it's like, oh, the media is bad. So the, the devil took media. And then he made it really expensive for believers to get on it. See, he knows, he knows some stuff sometimes. Convinces you got to be poor. And then he uses one of the number one avenues to reach the world. It makes it really expensive. This is funny, right? You know, they never ask those Hollywood actors, how much you make? <laughs> it's like a million dollars an episode, but nobody gets upset about that. Oh, Lord Jesus, but a preacher gets a plane. Oh, Jesus, I don't think that's right. Hey, that's not my business, but anyway, I don't know why I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus comes to me on this day, and he tells me, You are worthy to receive. By the way, I'm back in my bedroom. That's how I think sometimes. He said, You're worthy to receive. He touches my eyes, he touches my ears. And he anoints them. That night when I stood up to minister, I, um, I always had sensed the angelic, but I saw in a way I never saw before. I saw angels all over the room. I saw their activity. I saw that they were doing, and I'm wondering, does everyone see this? And I realized. But not only that, I often see Jesus physically in a room. When I say physically, I just see him. So when I say, I'm saying... 
I see Jesus over here. Like, I, sometimes people think I'm talking by faith. No, I'm actually not talking by faith. And I have to distinguish if it's angels or Jesus in the room. And a lot of times when I'm ministering, I'm just simply watching what the angels are doing in the room and following kind of what they're doing as they minister to people. What happens? Encounter unlocks a door to greater effectiveness. See, so anyway, fights it so long. That's why he wants to get people in and out in an hour and 30 minutes when their marriage is falling apart, when they're depressed. I'm not suggesting that you need long services for, for it to be God, but I am suggesting sometimes it takes a little longer than we've given them. In this country will not be everything God intended it to be with car wash Christianity. It's car wash. Get them in and get them out. Give them a good message and get them out. You know, they just don't want to stay here that long. It's the wisdom of man. When God's in a building, people I've seen will stay eight, nine, ten hours because it was what they were created to do. Now, if you try and hype it up yourself, I'm out the door myself. <laughs> Remember years ago, I finished the meeting and I felt like I got hit over the head with a frying pan. I've been in some long meetings. This was long. It didn't need to be long, but it was long. I said, Lord, why do I feel so tired? He goes, religion is really hard. I'll give you one more story. Two years later, I'm in San Diego, getting ready to minister on New Year's Eve. I think it's yeah, 2015 going into 2016. See, he doesn't always come in the same way, but he comes with what you need. And for years before that, I was praying. I like New Year's. So I was asking God for a New Year's visitation. And then I stopped praying that prayer. Probably was a little disappointed. You should come on New Year's. It'd be nice to have a nice visitation on New Year's. Totally forgot I prayed it. I'm getting ready to minister, and quite honestly, this was my thought. The worship has gone way too long, and all these people are falling asleep. So I wasn't having a very spiritual thought at the moment. Because <laughs> the people are like... <laughs> they fed them, you know? And now it's like 10.30, you know? And it's like, I'm like still like on East Coast time. I'm like, i got to raise the dead now. But... I'm on the front row and Jesus comes to me. And he had a message for me. I'm not going to tell you the whole message, but he comes up to me and says, You are my prophet! Anything else you'd like to say today? And I'm driving home from the meeting and I asked him, I said, Why'd you come tonight? He says, I never forget anything you asked me. And I'm telling you, there's a world of encounters exclusively reserved for you that are relative to your purpose, that are relative to the anointing God wants to put on your life. 
And I believe that there's an invitation again to come close. I know this wasn't like any new revelation today, but to me, we don't have this properly in focus. We'll, we'll never go to the heights that God intends us to go in the earth. It's the greatest journey for eternity, I'm on. The, the eternal journey to know God. I was praying one day, and I saw this vision. And in this vision, I just saw faces and hands. And uh, I'm thinking, I knew it was like, like the throne of heaven. And I'm thinking, who are all these people? And the Lord says to me, you know, I didn't ask him, but I thought it in my mind. He said, these are people who are not real known in the earth. But I know them in heaven as my friends. And they have my attention. It's much better to be known in heaven than to have a great reputation on the earth. The Lord told me that years ago. He said to me, you can have finances, books, great reputation on the earth, but only you and I will ever know if you're doing what I ask you to do. It's true. You know why? Because it's not that he wants to withhold anything, but just because, because of his kindness and his goodness, there's just fruit from choices we make. But it doesn't mean he's in every one of our choices. Receive this word this morning? I know I went a while, but I felt this from the Lord. Yeah, you can give the Lord a round for us. So what time is it? Ooh, it's right at 12 o'clock. That was pretty good. I had like four pages of notes left that I did in 20 minutes. So, we're going to do two things. We'll receive this morning's offering, but I'll pray for you, and if you'd like to stay, I'm going to keep my word to you. I'll dismiss you here at 12 p.m. So if you need to go, God bless you. No shame, no blame. But I'll stay and pray for everyone who wants prayer today. But, um, There's some things I've learned about giving. Do you know what the biggest one we're talking about? Fellowship with God today. You have that. You have those slides up there. Teach how to give. But one of the things I've learned about God is my the greater my understanding of Him is directly connected to what I'm willing to give when He asks me to give. What do I mean by that? I mean, the more I see him for who he intends himself to be for my life, the more I'm willing to ah, give this, give that. No problem. Because I see how big he is for me. So, oh, there's three ways to give. You give this weekend to Rob and these guys and all the ministry that's taking place and what we're doing around the world. On Tuesday, I'm going to Switzerland. Then to Germany, I'll be gone for 14 days. May, I'm going to Israel. June, I'm going to Moldova, the Ukraine, and Romania and the UK. 
the end of the year. Oh, yeah, I'll be here tomorrow morning. Yeah. I'm going to, that's where I'll be. Sometimes I forget where I'm at. The end of the year will be in India and the Philippines. So your giving helps us to do this around the world. For God so loved that he gave. 